Ready to form Voltron! This is a job for Superman. Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! I'm the Doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 18th episode of Charlie's GeekCast. What he means is the 19th episode. Sounds like someone had too much eggnog. My name is Charlie Niemeyer, and I hope you all have had a wonderful Christmas so far. And I hope you have a great New Year, because that's coming up next week. But first, I wanted to do one more special episode, holiday-centric special episode. Uh, this time, we're going to be looking at batman again the world of batman this um looking at the batman adventures holiday special from 1995 and then also the animated adaptation of that episode of that comic book in the form of holiday nights from 1997 of the new batman adventures animated show so uh we're gonna take a quick break and after a couple promos we'll come right back with the comic book Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Working together, we saved the planet. And I believe that if we stayed together as a team, we would be a force that could truly work for the ideals of peace and justice. Every episode. My name is Jean. I'm a Martian. Every adventure. <sighs> okay, you guys are so slow. Every hero. Whatever you think you're doing, if you present a threat to the world, the Justice League will take you down. Cindy and Chris Franklin bring you JLU Cast. Whatever the future holds, we'll make those choices ourselves. Don't say you don't love me. I'll never say that. Covering the complete animated run of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And the adventure continues. There's strength in numbers. What? Like a bunch of super friends? More like a Justice League. It began with the return of an ancient evil. Ah! After 10,000 years, I'm free! It's time to conquer Earth! Alpha, leaders escape. Recruit a team of teenagers with attitude. This is the story of five teenagers. Not teenagers! Yes, teenagers. Specifically chosen to keep our planet safe as the Power Rangers! Ranger Chronicles, coming January 1st to the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas The Batman Adventures Holiday Special was released 
on December 6, 1994 and had a cover date of January 1995. All stories in this book were lettered by Starking, Richard Starkings and Comic Craft. All of them, all of everything was associate edited by Darren Vincenzo and edited by Scott Peterson. Technically, the book begins on December 1st, the holiday season, and it has come to Gotham. Even without snow, the gray, weary city seems to sparkle in the cold. It's time for celebration, for dreams to come true, and for angels of light and darkness. And this one page is drawn by Dan Reba, with color by Bruce Tim. And those words I read were written by Paul Dini. And we move into the first story, which is entitled Jolly Old St. Nicholas, written by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, with art and color by Bruce Tim. It's December 3rd. Barbara Gordon is in Mayfield's department store looking for a Christmas present for her dad when she hears a kid crying. She turns to see Harvey Bullock and Renee Montoya undercover as Santa and an elf, respectively. It turns out that Bullock, being Bullock, still scares kids even if he's in a Santa costume. Anyway, uh, they're undercover due to several department store robberies in the area and Babs decides to stick around in case Batgirl might be needed. She eventually spots one little boy steal some jewelry which sends Bullock and Montoya into action. Several other little boys have been spotted as well and they're being chased by security and other employees. The kids all meet up in one spot and surprise everyone by basically melting into each other and taking the form of none other than Clayface. Shooting him does no good because he's a, basically a big blob. And he quickly takes out several people while Babs makes her quick change. Despite getting a clothespin stuck in her toe, it only takes her about 48 seconds to complete her transformation into Batgirl. Bet you Robin would be jealous. But just in time, too, since Clayface has turned one of his arms into basically a battle axe and is about to slice into our favorite undercover cops. Batgirl jumps into Clayface, knocking him out a window and into the ice skating rink outside. While she dodges Clayface's claw attacks, she tells Bullock and Montoya to shoot the electric Santa decoration above her. This destroys the decoration and causes one of the wires to land in the water that Clayface is still standing in, and the results... Well, they don't kill him, but it does take him out of commission. With that, Bullock is ready for some coffee, but Montoya reminds him that they still need to collect the evidence, which will require digging through Clayface's body. Merry Christmas, Bullock. Now, I like this story. This is a fun little story. Uh, the art is fantastic because it's Bruce Tim and he's a great artist. Montoya's outfit is very short, very cheesecake. Uh, the animated version does nothing to fix this. Basically, if she walks, she's going to be showing something unless she's got something on underneath. But um, it is funny that when we first see bullet claws, uh, one kid's cr running off crying, and there's a whole bunch of other kids, like, scared and shocked. A couple of them are actually holding each other. Oh, actually, I think that might be the dad and the kid. Anyway, it's fun. Uh, one of the things I like, I mentioned Bruce Tim does the coloring. He actually colors Batgirl's costume darker than it is on the show. Or apparently darker. And darker than they use in the comic for the animated version of Batgirl. At least this first costume. It's a darker gray. It's a darker blue. Uh, the yellow is, usually, for the most part, a, dark, a goldish color. It, it looks a lot cooler here than it does most of the other times. Our second story is titled The Harley and Ivy. The story is by Paul Dini and Ronnie Del Carmen. Uh, it's written by Paul Dini with art and color by Ronnie Del Carmen. Uh, now we've moved up to December 17th. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are hiding out in a dingy hotel, which depresses Harley, so she asks for a Christmas tree. 
Ivy refuses, though, because, for, well, for one thing, it involves killing a tree. Also, um, Harley's Jewish, so she doesn't see why Harley would want one. Anyway, despite all this, Harley still wants one, and Ivy tells her that she needs to forget about the tree because she has a plan to make this the best Christmas ever. That night at the Vreeland Estate, Bruce Wayne is attending a Christmas party hosted by Veronica Vreeland and has managed to accidentally stand under some mistletoe. As he's chased by several women looking for a kiss, another woman grabs him from the shadows and plants a big one right on the lips, leaving Bruce rather dumbfounded. Eventually, he manages to leave the party, but on his way to his car, he finds he's unable to stop himself from walking to a particular limo. Inside are Harley and Ivy, who reveal that Ivy is the one that kissed him, using her special lipstick so that he's under her control now. And so is the limo driver. They go to a Mayfield's department store. Not sure if it's the same one as last time. Different artists makes the store look different. Uh, so I'm not sure, but it's hard to tell. Anyway, they go to a Mayfield's and the girls go on a shopping spree while Bruce is forced to charge all of it to his account. After a one-page montage of them shopping, including Harvey still wanting a tree, but Ivy still refusing, Bruce is finally able to start fighting back against the effects of the lipstick. Harley prepares to give Bruce another kiss, but he ends up backing up into an empty elevator shaft, which, you know, he falls. They think he's dead, which is okay because they have his credit cards and they were going to kill him anyway, so what's the worry? However, as they leave the store, Harley notices that they're being followed by the totally awesome Batman. They stop at Wacko Toys and hide from him on a large mountain made of toys. Batman climbs this mountain only to get punched in the face by Ivy using a boxing glove and then knocked off the mountain by Harley using a mallet. As they run off and are just about to out the door, Batman uses his grapple to pull a Christmas tree down on both of them. Ivy asks Harley if she's happy with the Christmas tree, and Harvey tells her, Yeah. Okay, now that's another fun story. The art is a little different here. Um, it's still good. It's not exactly the Bruce Tim model. But it's still very good. The Bat Batman's a little wonky, especially in that first scene where he's swooping in from the sky. But I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I did notice something. This is the first time I've noticed it. It's not in the show. But when you look at the comic book, the first panel shows Ivy sitting at the window of the hotel. She's looking out and you see the street. And outside on the street, all the way at the ground, obviously, you see what appears to be the limo. With the limo driver apparently waxing or wiping something off the roof or waxing the roof of the car. I'm not 100% sure it's the same thing, but the car looks the same. It's a guy wearing the, the same kind of hat and looks like similar clothes. So I'm wondering if Harley, if Ivy realizes this could be their ticket. So he go, she goes downstairs and gets that guy with the limo and that's where everything starts. This does not get mentioned in the show, but that's okay. Other than that, um, I just really enjoyed the story. It's fun. I I don't know if it's canon that Harley is Jewish. I don't remember this getting mentioned at all anywhere else, but I could be wrong. Okay, our third story is White Christmas, written by Paul Dini with art and color by Glenn Murakami. We've moved now to December 24th, Christmas Eve. Mr. Freeze has escaped from Arkham Asylum, and the only clue Batman has is that he seemed rather depressed that there wouldn't be snow by Christmas Eve. However, as Batman leaves the asylum, it's snowing. 
We also learned that someone looted the warehouse, storing all of Victor Freeze's cryogenic equipment, including an experimental snowmaker. You can probably see where this is going. As Batman makes his way into the city, the snowfall has turned into a blizzard. After saving a mother and daughter from an out-of-control car, he spots a police car encased in ice outside of Gotham Cemetery. Unfortunately, Batman's torch doesn't have enough of a charge to melt through the ice, but it does enough to allow him to use a battering to bust open the ice and free the officer inside. He tells Batman that Freeze is inside the cemetery, so Batman enters. Inside, Mr. Freeze is using his snowmaker cannon to create the blizzard, basically. Batman tries to stop him, but is knocked back into a headstone, and wouldn't you know it, it's the Wayne headstone of all the headstones. Anyway, after replacing the wreath that had been knocked off when he was slammed into it, Batman fires off basically three bat sh shuriken, and one of them actually manages to damage the power core of the snowmaker. Despite the fact that another shot could cause a backfire, Freeze decides to fire it at Batman anyway, which actually causes him to get blasted instead when the machine explodes. Given the opportunity to end this quietly, Freeze reveals that he and Nora were married 10 years ago on a snowy Christmas Eve. Nora loved the snow, he just wanted her to be happy on their anniversary. May your day be merry and story was omitted from the animated version i'm thinking for a couple different reasons number one uh by the time they got to that animated this the renewed animated series nora freeze was no longer presumed dead she was basically alive and at the end of the movie batman sub-zero uh nora had been cured of her disease and i think it had been revealed no i don't think that gets revealed until later but I think we find out that she ends up, I don't know if she gets married or has a fiancé or something like that. But she basically moves on with her life. So, obviously that wouldn't have worked here because this has her almost dead. This has her basically as dead. Now, I don't remember exactly at what point it was discovered that she's not dead. Um, she is definitely presumed dead, apparently, by everybody in that Heart of Ice episode. Uh, I have not gone back and had a chance to look at the second time Mr. Freeze shows up and I believe the episode Deep Freeze, but I believe that would have been after this ep this comic. And I know Nora shows up there, uh, you know, in her tube in liquid, but I don't know if this is much of a surprise to Mr. Freeze or anybody that they brought her body I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, she's basically supposedly dead at this point. Those are the two reasons. I'm also thinking... It, well, actually, no, I'm not going to say that. Because this does have some action in it. Uh, it's a little different. And it's a sadder story. So that might also be part of the reason why they didn't put it in there. But definitely the continuity problems you know, would cause a huge hiccup. The next story is... What are you doing New Year's Eve? With a, It's a story by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. Written by Paul Dini. With art by Kevin Altieri and Butch Lukic and colored by Glenn Murakami. It's December 31st, New Year's Eve, and a college football game is being interrupted by the Joker, once again taking over the airwaves, to announce that his New Year's resolution is to not kill anyone for an entire year. 
This, of course, means that he'll have to work extra hard to kill a few more people before the end of the day. A countdown of victims that will end at midnight, unless Batman can stop him. Batman and Commissioner Gordon are actually watching this broadcast on video, taped from earlier in the day, and Gordon points out that since that uh, Joker's broadcast, there have been a couple of shootings and a stabbing, but nothing that really screams Joker. As if on cue, Gordon gets a call, and they end up at the office of Dr. John Brixon, a pioneer in sonic research who is now dead in his office with a party favor in his mouth, which is stuck in a permanent grin. Gordon tells Batman about a special weapons project he was working on for the government, which is basically a sonic bomb that could kill anyone within an earshot unless they're wearing some special mufflers. Now, Joker has the weapon, and his clue about the countdown of victims indicates he plans to use it at the New Year's countdown in Gotham Square. Meanwhile, at Gotham Square, the Joker's goons have rigged it so that the sonic bomb will go off as soon as the bell reaches the top of the clock tower. Kind of like the ball in Times Square, but in reverse, instead of coming down to say Happy New Year, it's going up. Unless I have that completely wrong in my memory. Anyway. Also, Joker has ensured that everyone dies with a smile on their face, thanks to handing out party masks that all have his lovely face on them. Batman arrives shortly before the countdown is due to begin and manages to take out Joker's goons before Joker manages to bash in his head with an ice bucket, which is holding a bottle of champagne. As the final countdown begins, Joker kicks Batman in the face before preparing to open a bottle of champagne. Batman kicks the bottle, causing the cork to pop off into Joker's eye, which causes him to drop the bottle, which Batman catches, and uses the champagne to short out the device. But Joker shoots him in the arm before he can completely disable the machine, and when the bell reaches the clock, there's still an explosion. Not a big sonic one, just a regular run-of-the-mill loud one. And instead of killing everyone, it just causes the bell to fall on the Joker as everyone in the crowd celebrates New Year's. Now this one is a this one's pretty cool. Um, a lot of stuff happens in this one in the short amount of story room. However, the art is not my favorite. Uh, it's basically staying with the animated style. Uh, and I'm pretty sure both Kevin Altieri and Butch Lukic were at least storyboard storyboard artists. I'm pretty sure at least Kev, Kevin might have been a director too. But actually, both of them might have been directors. But anyway. Uh, the art is a little scratchy. Uh, it's not, you know, really, really great, especially, all right, consider at this point, the art we've seen was by, uh, Mike Parabek and Ty Templeton and Brad Rader. And up to this point in this book, we've seen Bruce Tim and Glenn Murakami and Ronnie Del Carmen. So this is, this is a little off. Uh, some proportions are a little weird and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like it's ugly and it do- it's not like it doesn't get the point across. You, you can follow it easily enough. I just, I'm not as huge of a, a big of a fan of it as any of the rest of the art in this book. Uh, and it's weird too, because Batman has a lot of thinking to do in this, uh, this one. Uh, which is probably why they brought in Robin to take care, uh, to help him in the animated version that, and they were introducing a new Robin. Uh, but that way Batman could voice his thoughts, uh, since they don't do much thinking on the animated series. Well, they do, but not out loud. Anyway, one more story. This one actually looks does look pretty. Uh, this story is Should Old Acquaintance Be Forgot, written by Paul Dini with art by Dan Reba and color by Bruce Timm. Uh, basically, it continues on from the story we just did. It's January 1st. It's 1.55 a.m. Commissioner Gordon enters a small bar slash diner. Inside, three drunk patrons sing Auld Lang Syne, 
by the jukebox, and after showing Gordon to his table, the owner, Joe, basically kicks the drunks out. Joe wonders if Gordon's buddy will actually show this time, but Gordon doesn't think he'll break the tradition, and as if in answer, Gordon's buddy Batman enters from the kitchen. Batman and Gordon enjoy their traditional New Year's cup of coffee, talking about how the Joker's finished, and it's never easy to, to do what they do, and Batman's arm's doing better than Joker's arm's doing. And then when Gordon turns to order a cheesesteak to go, he turns back and finds that Batman is gone, having left money on the table for the drinks and for Gordon's meal. With his sandwich in hand, Gordon wishes Joe a happy new year. And Lynn looks up and does the same to Batman as he swings by overhead. And to all a good night. I, I like this one. This one, well, it's still fun, but I find it, it's a little less fun, but a little more heartwarming. Um, and definitely this was part of the episode. It It's nice to see, despite... You know, watching the watching all the episodes and reading all the comics that we didn't know that Batman and Commissioner Gordon had a New Year's Eve cup of, or had a New Year's cup of coffee to celebrate. But it's pretty cool that they do, and that they do it at this same place every year. And yeah, Joe is used to it by now. It's pretty cool too that basically Joe closed the place down so that they could have their dinner or not even dinner, just their coffee. But uh, yeah, that's it for the comic book. Uh, what I will do now is I'm going to take a quick break, play a promo or two. And then when we come back, we'll do commentary on the episode. Beginning in 2018, the Who's Who podcast enters the 1990s with our coverage of the Loose Leaf editions. Featuring Superman by Jerry Ordway. The Joker by Brian Bolland. Wonder Woman by George Perez. Sandman by Mike Dringenberg. Batman by Norm Brayfogle. The JLI by Adam Hughes. Eclipso by Bart Sears. The Legion of Superheroes by Keith Giffen. Dark Stars by Travis Charest. Lobo by Simon Bisley. Kent Shakespeare by Chris Sprouse? Who is that? Doomsday by Tom Grummet. Wait, are we covering these by issue or in alphabetical order? The Justice Society of America by Mike Parabek. The Forever People again? You are f***ing kidding me. Doom Patrol by Richard Case. <sighs> I'm so confused. And many more. The Who's Who podcast, going boldly into the 90s. A proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I guess. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarter Bin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com, or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. Okay. 
Okay, and we're back. Now, uh, we're going to watch Holiday Nights from the new Batman Adventures. Uh, actually, it was part of Batman, the new Batman Superman Adventures. So I'm actually going to watch that opening this time because I can and because I want to. So this is Volume 4 of Batman the Animated Series DVD set. It's also Volume 4 on the Blu-ray set. Uh, and it's Disc 1, Episode 1. So here we go in 3, 2, 1, go! This is technically the very first episode that we see with the new designs for Batman and his creative or, and his crew. It's kind of it wasn't supposed to be technically the uh, world's finest three-parter was supposed to be the debut of the new Batman stuff, but they wanted to start this they didn't want to start the season with that. They wanted to kind of build up to it a little bit, I guess. Uh, so this opening actually uses scenes from both the Fox Kids Batman show as well as the new Kids WB version such as that scene with Harley and that scene with Joker and that and then of course you got Superman's scenes in there as well including ending with the meeting of the two not sure why they decided to start the broadcasting with the holiday night since it was September when it debuted but you know I'd never understand these things Another big thing you'll notice is that they do not do the uh, big painted intro scene like they do uh, episode title card like they do on the old show. Oh, you'll also notice that this we're starting in a lot closer to Christmas on here. Here it is holiday time and we're hiding out in this dingy And we do the Harley no Ivy story no first fun, no nothing. instead Can't of a Batgirl story. What? And support the mad campaign of botanical genocide that grips this country every December? Ah, but Christmas trees are so bright and fun and pretty! Oh, please, please, please! <laughs> Harley doesn't actually get much of a change other than her lipstick's kind of black. I've got a little plan that Poison Ivy definitely has a redesign. Ever. Especially the green skin. So tell me, Bruce, what does Gotham's most eligible bachelor have planned for the holidays? Skiing in the Bruce Alps, has become more svelte now. Simpler design. Who's he taking? Actually, I was planning on a quiet Christmas alone, Veronica. Really? I wouldn't tell them that. Who's them? Brucey! Oh. You're standing under the mistletoe. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's worse when you can hear the screaming. Cheers. Now, ladies. You know, by adding in the... Well, actually, no. You, even this version, you can't tell who that was, really. May we give you a ride, Mr. Wayne? No, thanks. I have my own car. Oh, but we insist! It's amazing how much they... How much Paul Dini adapted the script. I mean... There's hardly any anything said in the comic seems to be in the show. Your two favorite party girls are out for some Christmas fun. <gasps> Ivy's at 
you with her special lipstick back at the yeah, except for the line now about being lonesome girls. Wealthiest bachelor to treat us to a holiday shopping spree. I also notice a lack of customers at the store right now. <laughs> Still knocked over the guy. I actually do like this part with the music. And the montage, it fits. Although sometimes it really makes Ivy's head look huge and her body looks small. Were those hats ever in fashion though? So there's an employee, but that's about it. I like it that his signature is just Bruce. No. I also think it's funny that when that, she gets kind of abused by everybody, and they always pull on those head things. Step lively there, Brucey. about enough of this I think the stuff is wearing off can't have that give him another shot right a Rooney give me some sugar baby <laughs> no not again now the question is does he know about that when he falls oh also she said oh my god she wasn't allowed to really was not allowed to use the Lord's name in vain on the Fox Kids version. He's got a black gloved hand there. That's that's a really quick costume change. Here's Batman. Now remember, we still technically haven't seen the new Batman yet. As long as it's away from that guy. There he is. Quick in the toy store. Oh, in this version, it's still wacko, but they've crashed into the store instead of just stopping there. I don't remember if they really had it before, but I know this version of the Batman with the redesign, the cape is supposed to drag a little bit more. So, you do see that go all the way to the floor and drag a bit. I'll bet you've been a good little bad boy this year. Unfortunately, Harley and I are still on the naughty list. Come on up and get your presents! 
Also, Batman's supposed to talk a lot less in this series. It kind of starts that way here, I guess. I love this. Watch his face. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's kind of funny. Uh... They switch it. Instead of saying Happy Hanukkah, it says Happy New Year, so... Is Harley being Jewish canon? I, I don't know. Aw, gee, Harley. You broke our new toy. Bye-bye, Betsy! Oh, there's that Harley scene from the opening. Our intro of the new Bat Grapple. Also, in the comic, Batman's still laying on the floor buried when he pulls down the tree. In this one, he got out and is fine. Well, Ooh. here's your stupid tree. You happy? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and cute commercial. Okay, now this is on December twenty-fourth. Okay. Still Mayfields. Definitely appears to be a different one than the one they were just at. It's perfect. Dad will love it. Oh, and our first time hearing Tara Strong as Batgirl. Or Barbara Gordon, sorry. I've heard of kids being afraid of Santa, but they've been crying all day. <laughs> yeah, you big cry baby. <laughs> Next! I don't believe it. You know, you could be a little more jolly, St. Nick. Give me a break, Montoya. Montoya actually doesn't look much different than she does in the comic book version of this story. Bullock does. He's huge in this. Ooh. I don't know that they could do that these days. Ooh, there's our thievering kids. My name is Mary McSweeney Santa. Can you bring my daddy home for Christmas? Kid, it's, the, she it? looks exactly Big like she prison? does in the comic. You mean your dad is Mad Dog? I, I mean, Mike McSweeney? Uh-huh. Poor kid. I sent her old man up the river three months ago. Listen, kiddo, it's like this. Uh, I, yeah, I'd like to help you out, but... Uh, 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 what I mean is, sometimes even Santa can't make every wish come true. Ah. Uh, here, kid. Buy yourself something nice. Thank you, Santa. Can I buy something for my daddy, too? As long as it ain't a hacksaw, why not? <laughs> oh, that's tricky. Wait a minute. Hold it right there, young man. Oh, I forgot to mention that in the thing. In the comic book that does happen <laughs> and this kid i love it wake up harvey we're on god he's gigantic stop i feel sorry for montoya that outfit is barely there 
gotta be chilly. They don't mention that in this version. Ooh. The sound is disgusting. He only has a slight redesign. Different color. I like the darker color. I do like his redesign. He's less blobby than the last than the older version. Oh, she's not in a fitting room. Someone could totally see her. I wonder if the morphing stuff is hard to to uh, animate. You know, kind of believably. There you go, right in the water. I don't know if this could actually happen anymore, because it seems like most of the time when you see those things, they're just... They're not actually on a pond of any kind. It's those uh, some kind of pad thing. It's weird. I love this joke. I think that's in the intro also. This scene of him getting shocked. Let's get a cup of joe. Not so fast, Santa. Nope. We still have to recover the evidence. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Roll up those sleeves. Oh, oh. Does he have the food on his shirt the whole time? I'm just noticing that now. The New Year's sent. Eve. Altieri fades back. Oh, they changed it from Altieri. Uh, it's Starkings, Hi, the letterers in the comic version. Interrupting the toilet bowl to bring you my very special New Year's resolution. The audio from this is reused in Batman Return of the Joker. The Batman Beyond movie. Which means I'm going to have to work extra fast to bump off a few more of you today. I'm not a fan of this redesign. The Joker looks weird, especially without the lips. As to who, how, and when. Let's make that a game. A countdown of victims that will end at midnight. Unless our dear Dark Knight stops me first. <laughs> Joker broadcast he looks his best probably in uh, the Justice League animated series or in the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker when they do the flashback stuff. Dr. John kind of a combination of the original and this. Says here he was working on some special weapon. And they bring Robin and the new Robin, Once Tim Drake here. The device releases waves of hypersound. Without actually to having to go to the guy's office. Shot, unless they're wearing these special mufflers. Joker's got the bomb and he's going to use it tonight. He promised a countdown of victims. And there's no bigger countdown on New Year's Eve than at Gotham Square. 
Now it had been a few years. I don't know if Kevin Conroy was trying to go even darker with the Batman voice in Raspier, or if he was just out of practice because he hadn't been doing it for a few years. But uh, his voice does sound a little more uh, raspier as Batman. Everyone's getting a real bad earache. <laughs> I really have to congratulate myself on this one. It's almost magic time, and Batman is nowhere in sight. Of course, he does have that annoying. Ooh, fourth wall breaking. He's talking to us. Minute. So I wisely stocked up on party favors. I think it's the eyes mostly. Even not even the lip part. With those eyes, it's just weird. You're sure he'll be here? With murder on this scale, Joker will be close by to enjoy his. Technically, this is the debut of Tim Drake as Robin in the animated series. Although the next episode is the episode where he becomes Robin for the first time, so that's weird. But the, I can see why they used him here, so that all the thoughts that Batman has in the comic version, he gets to he can actually say them to Robin here. That looks like Archie. Or Jimmy. Olsen. Found the perfect hiding place. He's fixed it so all his victims will die with a smile. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> there. Those clowns are wearing sound mufflers. It's almost time. I like the new batterings. They even changed the sound effect for him. The only problem with having a shorter uh, little Robin like this is that he goes up against adults and it doesn't seem possible for him to really be able to take him out. Okay, well, you can do that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's not even at the guy's waist. I know it's extra stylized now, but still. Ooh, Ooh there's something different. They weren't allowed to show punches on the Fox Kids version, so they're really enjoying being able to do that now. The uh, censorship was a lot loosened a lot. Uh, it was they were allowed to get away with a little bit more on Kids WB, apparently. Also, very long cape. Not to mention they can have champagne. I don't know that they could have done this. Well, they could have done it. They just would have had to... Uh, I don't know how they would have redone this part. Yeah, it worked. He did it all just like in the comic. Ooh, and Batman gets shot. That couldn't happen in the comic. Or, not in the comic, the old show. Especially with a handgun. Oh, right out of the opening. <laughs> Lands right on his arm. Yay! Alright, that move right there, I don't know how Robin could have reached to do that.
trying to remember if there was a commercial there. I don't think there was because there's not much time. Now, those are the producers. Tall guys, Bruce Tim. One of them's Dan Reba. One of them's Glenn Murakami, too. And they actually provided their own voices. Sorry, fellas. Closing time. But we want to sing. So start practicing for St. Patty's Day. Hey, hey. Happy New Year, Kamish. I heard your buddy had a rough night. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't show this time. And break our tradition? In fact, unless I miss my guess, that's him now. Oh, less stealthy than usual. How's that arm? Better than the Joker's. Close one this time. Mm. They're all on this one, he kind of has a well, brown highlight instead of the gray okay, highlight. I kind of like it. Again next New Year's Looks Eve. pretty cool Hopefully. that way. And now, Joe, if I could get one of your famous cheese steaks to go, I'll be ready to call it a night. Gordon does Anything look a little older. I don't know that he looks more frail one of these years, to me. I'm going to beat him to the Just chair. thinner. A little older. And he is older, you know. If anything, I'd say he looks more like Stan Lee here than except with hair. And that's it! The ending, uh, now technically the show didn't have an opening or an ending because it was part of the Superman, Batman, the new Batman Superman adventures or whatever it was. So for the DVD releases and stuff and syndication, uh, they just used the old Batman animated series opening and closing for it. Nineteen wow. All right, and that's going to do it for the commentary. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope everyone out there ha has had a Merry Christmas. I hope you all have a Happy New Year. Next time I talk to you, it will be 2019. So we'll see you then, and uh, good night. Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's Geekcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night. Let's stop.